Welcome to the Barrel Banter. I'm your host, David Go, joined by a special guest today, Tyler Kurth. He is a lead Brewers writer and editor at Wisconsin Sports Heroics and a contributor at Reviewing the Brew. Brought him on to do some trade talk. Tyler, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. I mean, we're we're recording this, watching the Brewers and Reds and trying to extend our winning streak, which is nice. So uh, life is good right now. So yeah, can't yeah. Complain. It's been a more fun month. July has been pretty good. Uh, did you watch? Did you watch the game yesterday when they were recording this Tuesday night? So the game when they they won three two, they stranded about forty eight runners in scoring position in the earlier innings, and then finally were able to come through at the end. Did you watch that game? <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe I'm glad we didn't execute with runners in scoring position because we got to see a walk off, and that was that was pretty much worth it in the end. So. <laughs> Can't yeah, walk off, yeah, walk-offs are always fun. I was surprised it was Yelich's first walk-off since 2019 when they put that graphic on the screen. I was I was pretty surprised about that, uh, but but I'll take it anyway. Anyway, they can get a win. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, so we'll, we'll, I brought you on to talk about trades, talk about who the Brewers might go after, some targets specifically. You've written a couple articles on the sites that you write for about who specifically to target, but also uh, talk about who they'll have to give up because, of course, uh, we saw, you know, Reese Olsen, we saw traded in the Daniel Norris deal. Of course, not one that you uh, look back on fondly, but they have to give up some value in order to get value. So we'll talk about that a little bit, too. Uh, but I guess to start, where, where do the Brewers need to upgrade? They've got some holes. We've heard a lot of possibilities tossed around, whether it's uh, the offense as a whole, whether it's the bullpen. Uh, and I'm not sure where I stand on the bullpen needing upgrades, but we can talk about that a little bit. Uh, so I guess to start out, well, they've got Yelich in left. They seem set there. They've got Weimer in center. Willie Adames isn't going anywhere at short. William Contreras seems to be manning the catcher position pretty well. Sal Freelick, is he the answer in right field for the rest of the year? You know, they're certainly going to give it a try. That's for sure. Uh, as of right now, I think... You know, they bring them up right before the trade deadline, and I think that signals that they're just going to ride a hot bat in right field, whether it's Sal Freelick. I mean, Tyrone Taylor's somehow still on the roster. I mean, we're facing Andrew Abbott tonight, a left-handed pitcher, and Tyrone Taylor's not in the lineup, so I don't know what that signals. But and Brian Anderson, he comes back. He can play right field. So as much as the Brewers have not gotten like any production out of right field this year, I think they're just going to ride a hot bat of those three, probably mainly just two guys. I'm not going to count Tyrone Taylor. Yeah. His, his bat has not been very hot so far this year. I think he has a, is it a seven OPS plus something, something like that. He's hitting like <laughs> one thirty. Uh, so there are some positions where maybe it's a little bit up in the air. Brian Anderson, you mentioned he can play some right field. He can also play some third base, but he hasn't really been all that good since uh, since that real hot start he got off to at the beginning of the year. Uh, so some possibilities of upgrades, first base, second base, third base, and DH with the offense. We'll, we'll kind of take them one by one. At first base, do you think Rowdy is the answer at first base uh, for this year and for next year? Or do you think the Brewers could stand to upgrade uh, that position before Rowdy comes back and then have Rowdy come back as a bench bat? I don't know. Rowdy is an interesting case that I did not anticipate having to talk about this year. I think it would have been nice, you know, if he went to have this freak injury 
three where he, you know, breaks his fingertip and rips his nail bed off, shaking fly balls in outfield because then we would have seen him a little bit post all-star break and kind of got a sense of maybe what direction he was going to go to. But now it sounds like he's me out to like the middle of August or so. And, mm-hmm. you know, at that point it's like, okay, you're going to have Rowdy Tellez. We know that. And kind of as you're alluding to, the question is, is it going to be someone else other than Owen Miller over there? So, I mean, I think they could upgrade. There are certainly lots of choices out there. I think the question is, is that the position that they're going to upgrade at? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think they should. But I don't know if they're going to do it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always easier to get a corner bat at the, the deadline. I think that's maybe the one positive of the Brewers having as many holes as they have right now. They're set in center. They're set at shortstop right now. Catcher is in a good spot with William Contreras and even for the future with Jefferson Caro uh, on the horizon, at least in the near term. They've got Luis Urias. He's playing pretty well in AAA right now, but of course got off to that dreadful start. Do you think we could see either Luis Urias that's coming up and playing some second base, some third base, Tyler Black? Do you think he's maybe the answer for the rest of this year at, at probably third base since that's where he's been playing? Or do you think that that's a position where they also could could go out and swing something in at, at second base or I guess at third base with Bryce Terang uh, hitting 199 so far on the year. Oh man. I love that you brought up Tyler Black. I mean, I, I love him as a prospect. He is mm-hmm. just shot through the roof this year, mainly because he's healthy, stealing bases, you know, doing all sorts of right things, certainly deserving of a promotion from double A AA to triple A. So I don't think he's going to be the answer this year just because I think they're not going to rush him along. I don't think this year, you know, could Luis Rios come back up? Most certainly. Um, Abraham Toro is an internal option. He had, I think it was like a 30 plus on base streak earlier in the year. He's gone through some hot and cold stretches. Uh, so, you know, Bryce Terang, you love him defensively, but it's, you know, is he just going to be a defense or a placement if we decide to upgrade? That could be an option as well, too. It's it's interesting these kind of second base third base because kind of similar to first base third base is usually a spot you can grab a bat pretty easily at the trade deadline. Um, so I think they're going to look externally at third base. And prior to like 15 minutes ago, I would have said they would look internally at second base. But John Morousey at uh, MLB Network said the Brewers are interested in middle infielders, which completely caught mm-hmm. off guard. So I don't know, kind of up in the air. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw that tweet and he listed I think it was Tim Anderson, Paul DeYoung, and I forget who the third the third guy was. I think there was a third one that he listed. Yeah, it's the the Rays utility guy, oh, Vidal yeah. Brujan. I'm not too yeah. familiar with him. Yeah, Vidal Brujan. He's a he was a prospect that kind of got blocked in that Wander Franco, Taylor Walls uh, group of players. He's he has a 204, 246, 241 slugging uh slugging. So he's, he's got the Brewer slash line. I guess he'd fit right into the <laughs> offense. I, I don't think the Brewers would target him. He seems kind of like a Bryce Terang type of player. I know he was always known for his speed on his defense when he was coming up. So maybe Bruhan isn't the answer. Uh, it's funny because I actually, when I was looking for players, I, I, I came across DeYoung and Tim Anderson as a possibility. Uh, but I'm like, well, I, I won't include DeYoung there. What are the chances of Brewers swing a trade with the Cardinals? And I still don't know how likely that is. Uh, and then Tim Anderson, I mean, he's playing a little bit better now, but I mean, he's hitting like about, what is it? A buck 70 with really no power, no walks. You, I, I don't know if that's necessarily an upgrade, 
uh, there, but you never know. Uh, the Brewers have done some things. They've traded for Daniel Norris when he had a 5.7 ERA or whatever it was with, with Detroit. Yeah, I mean, the good thing that Tim Anderson has going for him is the White Sox have been playing at second base as opposed to shortstop. So, I mean, he could, you know, theoretically play either position for the Brewers. I don't think Willie Damas, like you said, is in any danger of, you know, losing his position or being traded or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, if the Brewers went out and got Tim Anderson, all of a sudden you have another pretty good option of who's got the hotter bat. I mean, you could mm-hmm. ride it. Uh, we'll give Tim Anderson a little bit more credit. He's up to 241 with his oh, batting he... average, but oh, okay. an OBP of 281. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and he, I mean, we've we've yeah. seen stretches where he's he's capable of being a an excellent performer. I mean, just a year ago, he was an all-star and hit 301. So I don't know if there's something that changed physically, if he had an injury, uh, if he made some sort of adjustment that was detrimental, like Travis Shaw uh, or or anything like that. I don't know the backstory on, on Tim Anderson from that regard, but I mean, he, yeah, he certainly could be, could be an upgrade. You don't know. Cause you haven't had the production yet this year, but you also then might get him at a little bit of a discounted rate. If you do that, go that way. And then the last position offensively, Jesse Winker, he's, he's been the Brewers DH and been the subject of much ridicule within Brewers fandom. Uh, lots of talk about how long he's going to stay. And it's interesting because he was also the one who is considered the most likely bounce back candidate out of pretty much any player around the league going into the year, but he's hitting 199. He had that, that key single yesterday, but it felt like that was his first big hit in a long time. He takes his walks, but he doesn't really hit for any power. And Craig council told Jesse Winker yesterday before the game, he was going to have a diminished role going forward. Uh, I don't think that Jemai Jones at DH is going to be the option uh, or, or the, a good option for the Brewers in the second half. Owen Miller playing DH, not really a good option there either. Keston here is a possibility. Um, I guess before we go to some external options, why don't you talk about whether you think Winker should be given more of a shot, whether they should just cut ties with Winker now, uh, and then the viability of Keston here as the, the answer at DH, uh, whether they should call him up and whether they should give him some more playing time. Yeah, I do not think they should give Jesse Winker more opportunities. It's, at this point, you know, we're over halfway through the season, so it's not just a bad start. It's This is the Jesse Winker of 2023. He's in a contract year. Like, he is trying his hardest, and it's just not going his way, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because he had, you know, two offseason surgeries, and like I said, supposed to be a big bounce-back candidate and has not done anything. Uh, what, one home run this year, I think, which is just mm-hmm. crazy to think about for all the times he torched us. Uh, so I don't know the weird part about him is like, you know, did the Brewers DFA him, you know, kind of cut ties with him, like you said, or maybe throw him in on a trade, you know, as kind of like a throw in the only complicating ish part is it just depends, you know, if they're trading with someone, you're obviously, are you going to eat the, what's left of his salary? He had like an 8.25 million salary, I think this year. Mm-hmm. So like the Brewers just say, yeah, we're going to eat it. Would you try and, you know, give that away in a trade? Uh, it just doesn't seem like to me, like the Brewers would be the type of organization to be like, we're just going to eat that money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the Brewers are mm-hmm. tight. I, I can't see them doing that. So I think they probably hold on to him. He's a bench bat. Um, but I do think they upgrade at DH. I, you mentioned Kessahira. I feel like if they wanted to give him a shot, they should have did it before 
the trade deadline. Like, obviously, we still got a week to go, but they should have gave him a little bit more kind of room to work because, I mean, you could bring him up after the trade deadline if you don't get the guys you want. But if they go out and get someone, I don't see him coming up, even though he's played really well this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of with you in that where I wish they maybe would have given him a shot. I think he may have gotten that shot if he didn't get hurt in, I think it was in early May when he got hurt. That might have been the time that he would have gotten called up. Maybe not in May, but I mean, if he would have kept playing well and then early June maybe would have been a good time to bring him up. I think at this point, you wait and see what you get at the trade deadline. And then, yeah, if, if you don't get the guys you want, then maybe Keston here is the alternative. Um, it also seemed like I was reading a quote from Ar- Matt Arnold, and he said that they aren't, it seemed like he, they aren't totally sold that he's actually made adjustments, but it, that he might just be feasting on some weaker pitching, which I don't know. I haven't been watching the games. I don't have the data on quality of competition. All I'm all I'm going off of is is numbers and a few highlight videos here and there, uh, which is easy to get caught up in. But at the same time, he's he's producing at at AAA at a better level than he did in the previous few years when he was at AAA Nashville. So I think there might be something there uh, if if the Brewers do go to here. I mean, surely he will be better than Winker. I I would think. Uh, or Jemai Jones, or the other options they have at DH. Yeah, it's certainly, like I said, it's worth a shot if they don't get the guys that they want. It's interesting that you bring up kind of level of competition, because you know, from like articles that I've read, everyone talks about, at least earlier in the year, like how much stronger double-A pitching was this year than triple-A pitching. I mean, mm-hmm. they had the Southern League at the pre-tech baseballs up until mm-hmm. the All-Star break. I mean, there was prospects like, Ben Joyce and uh, Ruiz from the Marlins, you, they all started in double A. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's something to be say that there might be a little bit of a drop off in triple A pitching. So did he make the proper adjustments is a real question to ask that obviously we don't have the inside knowledge for, but some of those other coaches and uh, Rick Sweet down in triple A do. Mm-hmm. And then last question about the current roster, the bullpen, they've been very good lately. They had that streak of about 29 scoreless innings. Figueroa allowed that three-run shot. But really, I mean, hard to be upset when they, they've they they've won so many games for the Brewers this year. Uh, do, they, do they need to upgrade in the bullpen? I think they've got one or two spots to work with if they do want to upgrade. Uh, and should those upgrades come internally, they've got Robert Gasser and Ethan Small in AAA. And then a AA, you've got Jacob Mizorowski, who probably has the stuff to pitch in the big leagues right now out of the bullpen. He doesn't have the experience. He's only 21. He's got about 50 pro innings under his belt. But, I mean, you could see Mizorowski maybe playing a role in, in late August to September and maybe making a, a difference in the uh, in the playoffs or down the stretch. Do you think Gasser, Smaller, Mizorowski would be a viable option in the bullpen, or do you think the Brewers should stand pat with what they've got, or, or should they seek an outside upgrade? Now, I'm kind of with at least picking up on your vibes. I like our bullpen and the internal options. I mean, all, you know, like first half of the season, everyone's like, we need another lefty because we had Hobie Milner and that's it. Well, now mm-hmm. we're getting Justin Wilson back. Uh, Aaron Ashby sounds like at best, maybe early September, they're going to build him up as a reliever. So mm-hmm. he could be an option. And then, like you mentioned, Robert Gasser is straight gas down in AAA. Mm-hmm. He's kind of done a really good job of getting rid of the walk and control problems. And you're seeing a lot of good results from him. I think he's probably the highest on my list that would get called up. I'd love to see Mizorowski get called up. I even saw Robert Murray had some kind of 
some scout around the league say he's got the best stuff and there's a chance he could pitch this year. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be electric to see that. It would be kind of like, you know, 2018 when you bring up, you know, Burns Woodruff and they play big roles in the postseason. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's likely, but I'd like to imagine it is in my head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it'd be cool to see. I'm kind of with you. I I was thinking initially when he got called up to double a, maybe he's, he's the option or he's the answer uh, to fill one of those, those spots in the bullpen that right now is being occupied by Trevor McGill and, and JC Mejia. But then as I thought about him, like, okay, there's Wilson, there's Ashby. I don't think the Brewers are going to call Mizorowski just to send him back a couple weeks later when someone gets healthy. So they've got Wilson, they've got Ashby, uh, they've got Woodruff coming back, which could possibly push Colin Ray to the bullpen if they choose to keep him in the majors. And they've got Gasser ahead of Mizorowski, maybe small. And yeah, I, I don't know the viability now, when I think about that, uh, unless they have a couple injuries, which of course you don't want to see, but injuries do happen. So we'll go to some specific trade targets. I guess we'll, there are a couple interesting relievers that even though we just kind of talked about how we don't want to see, or maybe not, we don't want to see, but that we don't know that they need relievers. But I just want to talk about those two pitch, these two pitchers, because it'd be fun to have them back in a Brewers uniform, Josh Hader and Brent Suter. There have been rumors about Hader with the Padres, maybe if the Padres don't have a good week leading up to the trade deadline, they do the thing where they kind of buy and sell at the same time. They trade off the rentals that they have. Uh, maybe they get a guy that's controllable for another year or two, but they don't punt the season. Hater would fit that bill being a rental reliever. Brent Suter is also a rental reliever, having an excellent year in Colorado. If the Brewers do decide to go out and get a little bit of bullpen help, do you think the Brewers could possibly get Josh Hader or Brent Suter back? Yeah, that's a good question. I would love to see a reunion with Josh Hader just because I think if we're going to go out and get a reliever, we already talked to the depth that we have internally. You have to go get someone where it's like, oh, where do they fit in now? Does this push Paguero out of high leverage? Does Piams go down the seventh thing? You know, does Devin Williams go down to the eighth man? Like you have to make a big splash, I think. You can't just sign a reliever just to say you got a pitcher at the trade line, which I'm going to lump Brett Suter in that category, <laughs> even though okay. he's having a great season. Uh, he's, you know, he's not that elite level arm that we'd, you'd be like, yes, that's really going to push us over the edge. He's going to be an impact postseason player. Josh Hader would fit that bill. There obviously isn't a lot of relievers out there that do. I think, is it like Alex Lang that's in Detroit? I see him mm-hmm. rumored out there, but I don't see the Tigers moving on from him. David Bednar, I think that rumor from the Pirates, I think they're going to hold on to him. So, I mean, really Josh Hader is the best option to go out and get because he's a rental and it may cost you a little bit, but if you're going to do it, that's the way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would agree with you, um, especially because their internal options are, yeah, are decent. Um, I like Brent Suter a lot, so I would... I would be happy if Brent Suter were reacquired by the Brewers. But from a baseball standpoint, no, I think it that maybe Suter would improve the team a little bit. Uh, but I think it'd be yeah more one of those moves where maybe they go out and get another, they swing a deal with the Rockies for one of their bats, and then they include Brent Suter. We, we maybe add a minor piece. Maybe that's something they do. The Brewers also really like their bullpen flexibility with the options, and Suter being past five years of service time doesn't have minor league options remaining. So that may, may be one thing that works against the Brewers acquiring Suter, uh, but it would be really fun to see 
well, especially Hater back in a Brewers uniform and talk about, I mean, the national writers would explode because they've analyzed the Josh Hater trade probably about every other month for the last 11 months now about who won the trade, Padres, Brewers. Uh, was it a terrible trade for the Padres? Oh, now it was a terrible trade for the Brewers. Oh, but they got William Contreras and Robert Gaster and go, going back and forth. So it'd be pretty fun to reignite those a little bit and see him back in a Brewers uniform. Uh, we talked about first base, um, Rowdy Telez. Not convinced on whether or not Rowdy is the answer at first base for this year or next year. couple first basemen that I have circled, and we'll start with the Rocky because we talked about maybe including Brent Suter in a package for one or more Rockies hitters. CJ Crone, he's entering Monday, was hitting 255, 299 on base, 480 slugging. Kind of reminds me of Willie Adamas's offensive profile. The numbers are a little bit elevated because they're in Colorado, so so the numbers would possibly come down but he's also got a pretty good track record i believe he was an all-star a year or two ago so he's someone that's got more in there than what he's done this year so far he's a right-handed hitter which works his favor uh, in the brewers struggling against left-handed pitching and just needed more needing more balance as a whole with their lineup do you see cj crone as a, a good option to acquire for the brewers at first base I do see as a good option. Unfortunately, it feels like this is the third year in a row that we've been talking about CJ Crone and uh-huh. it never comes to fruition. Uh, whether that's, you know, the Rockies and just the way they operate because you never know what they're thinking or it's the Brewers, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but he would definitely be a great option to get. I like that idea you packaging with Brett Suter, even though I'll retract my statement from before. That's. <laughs> It, that'd be a good move, I think, for the Rockies to kind of package two guys together like that um, and kind of get more of a maximal return. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be happy with CJ Crone for sure. The other Rocky that I have on here as a possibility is Randall Grichuk. Uh, entering Monday, he was hitting 302, 363 on base, 479 slugging, right handed hitter also. And he would, he's an outfielder. So, I mean, he probably wouldn't play much outfield with the Brewers, but he could be an option at DH. If they stick with Winker, I mean, Winker's playing. Winker's doesn't hit lefties at all. So even if they were to still give Winker one out of every three games or so, Grichuk could easily slide in there, play against all the lefties and some of the righties, if not even more. Keston Hira also hits right-handed pitching better, so maybe Grichuk would be a nice complement to that. But I think either way, he would be a nice addition. Do you think Grichuk is a possibility? Uh, he seems like someone who's always kind of like Crone, always in trade rumors because he's kind of that good enough to add value to a team but not good enough to be an all-star level player where where teams aren't going to be willing to trade him uh do you think that'd be maybe a waste of his talent to have in bh or do you think he would actually be a good fit in milwaukee uh i think he'd be a good fit in milwaukee um you know, it's just weird when you think about, you know, you want someone to come in and hit DH, you want them to be like this big power guy, and he doesn't really fit the power profile. And he's got a 482 slug on the year, just six home runs, um, hit 19 the season, 22 in 2021. So he's got, you know, 20 home run potential. It looks like he's missed some games this year, um, but he's got 18 doubles. So he's got kind of more of that gap power profile, um, you know. I wouldn't put him on the top of my list, but I wouldn't say he'd be a waste. I mean, the Brewers definitely find a way to utilize players the best. And this guy's, you know, he's hitting for a great average this year. And we all know, like, you know, the Brewers are like near the bottom of the league in batting average. So it certainly would be an upgrade. That's for sure. Um, And if the price is right, go Mm -hmm. for it. 
Yeah, I was going to ask at first. I was going to ask, do you think the Brewers would stand to upgrade most at with a contact hitter, more of a contact hitter, more of a power hitter? But now I'm looking, and out of the 15 NL teams, they rank 15th in average, 15th in on base, and 15th in slugging. So <laughs> I guess maybe all of them. I, I answered my own question. Um, <laughs> so maybe Grichuk would represent an upgrade, but um, but you but you maybe need another a power hitter to go along with Grichuk. Maybe Crone and Grichuk. I don't know how willing the Rockies are. I mean, it seems I feel like these trades always get drawn up like, oh, it'd be perfect. We can get four players in one deal, and then they they don't the the GMs never actually do that. <laughs> yeah, it never works out the way you want. You know, get Grichuk and Crone, get power average. I mean, at that point, you could just settle for one player and get you know Shohei Itani. He'd fit the bill for yeah. boosting average and power, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll take him. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll trade Keston Hira and Jesse Winker and Rowdy Telez for, for Shohei Otani. A couple other next golf membership. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, a couple other first basemen that I, I think could be a possibility. Ones that have performed a little bit better than Crone this year. Ryan Noda on the A's. He's a left-handed hitter, low average guy, 229. Uh, but he's he gets on base at a pretty good clip, 375 on base, 418 slugging, which is 31% above league average as a whole because he's also playing his home games in Oakland, which is is a very difficult park to hit in. Connor Joe on the Pirates, right-handed hitter, plays some first base, plays some outfield. He's hitting 240, 330, 421 on the year, and he's a right-handed hitter, so that might be a, a good option there. And then Carlos Santana, the veteran, also in Pittsburgh, hitting 231, but slugging just 383 right now. Um, he did have that walk-off off Matt Bush a couple weeks ago, which was uh, tough to see. Uh, but he, he would be – I think it's always nice to add a veteran guy at the deadline. Do you think the Brewers should target any of these players? Do you think they should prioritize right-handed hitter over left-handed hitter? Maybe you factor in the fact that Rowdy probably will still be in a Brewers uniform in the second half or the second half, I guess – of the second half he'll be coming back in the later part of august uh do you think that would maybe exclude noda do you think connor joe uh, would be a good option carlos santana what where are you at on on any of those options or another first baseman that you think might be a good fit yeah i guess i i was envisioned them adding a right-handed bat you mentioned rowdy telez if they hold on to jesse winker that's another left-handed bat you got down there so it's like all right i think i think they almost have to go for a right-hander um, which obviously, you know, kind of rules out Carlos Santana. I mean, being in the division two, uh, you never know how that's going to work. It's kind of like the same philosophy with Cody Bellinger. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> don't see the Cubs saying like, and even though we're out of contention, we're going to give, you know, this resurging player to the Brewers to help mm-hmm. them out. I don't think we want to give up prospects to the Cubs either. No. Um, so yeah, I think they target a right-handed bat is kind of where I would lean on that question. Okay. Yeah, so maybe Connor Joe might be an option. Carlos Santana is a switch hitter. I think he hits righties better, although I'd have to, would have oh, to yeah, double right. check uh, on that one. At third base, I think this one's one of the more intriguing options. Jaimer uh, Candelario of the Nationals is playing pretty well. He'd be a rental at third base, so wouldn't block someone like Tyler Black or maybe Luis Rios coming back for next year. But he's hitting 254. He's got a 474 slugging on the year. So he would, uh, it's kind of hard to believe that 254 is a contact hitter right now for the Brewers, a good contact hitter, but he would provide some good contact and some good power to that third base position. 
switch hitter could could play against lefties and righties. Uh, do you think Candelario would be a good option for for an addition? I think he's a perfect fit for all the reasons you just said. The only problem is I think he's a perfect fit for a lot of teams. <laughs> so I see a lot of, you know, articles with him where he's like an under the radar target. I'm like, I don't think he's that far under the radar. I think there are going to be a lot of teams pursuing him and it's going to be a tough get um, mm-hmm. to be able to trade for him uh, just because of the interest that he's drawing. Um, but that would be, be a dream scenario. I think he's, you know, pretty high up there. One a on my target list. Okay. And then at, at DH, two more options I have here uh, that I wanted to ask about. Brent Rooker, he was an all-star for Oakland this year. He's been their breakout guy. Uh, he's, I think he's a left-handed hitter, but he is uh, slugging 467 on the year. Got off to a really good start and still has been decent over the course of the year. He's controllable through 2027 also if the Brewers wanted to retain him. Uh, so maybe he, he might be an option. Or right-handed hitter, rental, Andrew McCutcheon. I know he wasn't very good last year in a Brewers uniform, but he's having a resurgence in Pittsburgh this year. 267 average, 381 on base. He hits left-handed pitching well, or at least in theory, he hits left-handed pitching well. I don't know if the resurgence is just because he's more comfortable back in Pittsburgh. I don't know if Pittsburgh would decide to deal him because he's a franchise icon. Uh, But Andrew McCutcheon, could he be someone that the Brewers target? Uh, Him or Rooker at DH? Uh, I am going to lean towards more thumbs down on both of these, mainly just because I don't think McCutcheon's availability is that high for, like you said, you know, it's kind of, you know, cool reunion for one year, bring him back. I think it'd kind of be a bad look for the pirates and to ship him away. Uh, certainly wouldn't make many friends with the fan base. I don't think, um, and Rooker, I think just because he's under, contract or under team control for so long he's obviously not your more traditional trade deadline target um he would cost a little bit more which you know the brewers have certainly the players to give away to do something like that um i just don't think oakland will do it but he would be he'd be a nice get Mm -hmm. yeah so that's, that's kind of all the guys that i had in mind um are there any other spots you could see the brewers adding whether it's an under the radar spot maybe a a bench bat maybe they want some sort of defensive guy or there are any other specific players you think the brewers um, could target uh, or any other maybe categories of players that they could target yeah i mean i don't see them going after starting pitching this year that's kind of one we didn't really talk a whole lot about i think we had some good depth there starting pitchers have been solid um, and that's kind of at a premium this year. And there's going to be a lot of other teams fighting for that. And Brewers don't need to get wrapped up in that. Um, I don't necessarily know about a defensive replacement, just because the Brewers are one of the best defensive teams already. So I think category-wise, you have to go impact the bats. Um, we kind of touched on it earlier, whether you prioritize contact over power, I think either one is going to improve this team. What I would like to see is where they, you know, you have to get someone where it's not like, well, they're going to split time with somebody here. Or, you know, it's kind of like when we got Eduardo Escobar a couple years ago. It was like Escobar and Urias were kind of splitting time at third base. And it's like, well, that didn't make a whole lot of sense, (laughs) even though Escobar is a switch hitter. So it's like you want to go out and make a bang at the trade deadline here and get someone who's going to play every day the rest of the way for you. Um, That's kind of how I'd like to see it. Okay. What about... This may be a little bit outlandish, but the Brewers are 
willing to trade one or two major prospects. Uh, they get Shohei Otani as a rental, but then they recoup the prospect capital for next year by trading Corbin Burns this offseason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that theory as well. I mean, and I mean, it actually, maybe not trading for Shohei Otani. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but the idea of giving up prospect capital to make a big move and then replenishing it in the offseason, I think that's very real because <laughs> – the Brewers learned, you know, trading your best player midseason isn't a great idea, but I don't think that'll stop them in the offseason because mm -hmm. Burns have one more year left after this. So, show mm -hmm. Itani would be nice, but probably not going to work. <laughs> mm -hmm. I had to ask. I, I don't I don't personally think Shohei is going to be dealt either, uh, but I had to ask just because uh, if we if if we do get Shohei, um, I'll act like I saw it coming all around, all along. <laughs> then I look like I like course, look like actually. I'm I'm yeah I'm, I'm a better analyst than I am. So where are you at on the Brewers? To kind of before we wrap up, do you think that this is a team that's going to win the division even if they don't make a whole lot of moves at the deadline? Do you think it's a team that needs to make moves at the deadline? Uh, how many wins do you anticipate the Brewers winning, and and also how many wins do you anticipate being needed to win a, a fairly weak NL Central division? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the fact that it's, you know, it's basically a two-man race now against the Reds, who we've, you know, thankfully been very good against and have the season tiebreaker on, you know, makes every little lead that we have right now an extra one. So I think, you know, if we could certainly win the division with the roster we have right now. You know, we just came off a pretty intense series against the Braves, who are obviously the favorites in the National League. We got one more against them coming up here which we showed we can compete around with them. But, man, just adding someone else would <laughs> certainly improve our chances. I mean, there's so many rookies on this team, it, you know, both pitching and in the field-wise. Like, it just – it'd be a very unique way to go into the postseason. You know, Andrew Monasterio coming in as your five-hitter, it'd be like, what? Mm -hmm. So uh, I, th I think they certainly – they certainly could win the division – they could be competitive in the playoffs. You know, I think, what are we, what are we at win wise right now? I don't even know. 50, I think 56 and 45. Six and 45. I think maybe that 92 ish range is kind of win wise where I'd project them out right now, um, which would be enough, I think, to win the division. Um, they're certainly not going to get the number one seed. So you're going to be playing wild card weekend i think mm -hmm. um and i think offense is where they need to upgrade uh kind of like we talked about mm -hmm. yeah i think it's pretty clear their spots to upgrade last year there weren't really any clear spots where they had to upgrade they kind of were just all around okay but this year uh, they they've got some pretty clear needs but they are still playing pretty well right now going into the deadline uh thank you for for taking the time to talk with us tyler if our fans want to get in touch with you um Where's the best place to follow you, whether it's on Twitter or, or read your work online? Where can they find you? Yeah, my tweets are at Tyler Kurth, K-O-E-R-T-H. Uh, work, I do some writing for reviewing the Bruce. So you can check us out on Fancited and then as well as Wisconsin Sports Heroics. So all over the internet, um, pretty easy to find, I think, anyway. So I'd appreciate any follow and, and any reading or any comments. I'd love to interact on Twitter with all you guys. So um, I'm here for it. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, Tyler.